0: Welcome to the sermon podcast for First St. Charles United Methodist Church in downtown St. Charles, Missouri. We are so glad that you're here, and it's our prayer that you feel safe, welcome, and wanted in this space. If you're interested in finding out more about us or supporting our ministries, you can connect with us online at firststcharlesumc.org. Today's scripture comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 24. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife. This is God's word of comfort and joy for the peace of God's people. It was a dilemma born of a dream that had died. From the moment her parents had agreed and the marriage was all arranged, Joseph had imagined His life with Mary, her raven hair, her olive skin, her fierce passion for justice, and the graceful humility all combined to make her a real catch. She would be his and his alone. Would he have dreamed of the house that he'd build for her? It might not be much, but it would be theirs. Together, they'd have a home and a family. And such a nice family it would be. Soon, there might come a little Joseph running around and in short order, Joe Jr. would be joined by a whole passel of siblings. They'd all be his future, their future. Caring for him and Mary well into their dotage. But then, the dream died. Like that, it was gone. Do you have dreams that have died? He didn't do anything wrong. But the imagined future, like a thought bubble, was burst. Mary was pregnant there was no getting around it did Mary break the news to him in some private conversation lost to history did he catch wind from the women at the well or the old men down at the diner oh how those old fools loved to gossip didn't matter all that mattered was that the dream had died and had to be buried. If you've known futures and now must grieve, if you've known relationships or careers or hopes for healing that have gone sideways, then pull up a mourner's bench beside Joe. If you've known any hopes or dreams that have died, then maybe you know something of the dilemma he faced. Many are we who've been conditioned to respond to the chaos in our world by taking control. A decision. Yes, that's it. A decision is needed. He could take it public and shame her. Let everyone know that the child wasn't his. That'd show her and shame her for sure. It would also brand her and because stoning was the prescribed punishment for adultery, it would result in her death. Every day, don't people make decisions to respond to the hurt that we feel by inflicting even more hurt? In fact, we'd probably have no such thing as country music. If we didn't have plenty of reason to sing a somebody done somebody wrong song and striking out might feel good for a moment. Everyone would side with him. No one could blame him. That was and is one option. or. He could just divorce her quietly. That's the other possibility. Every day, people choose to keep their particular pain private. Instead of oversharing, we undershare. Instead of lashing out, we strike within, burying pain, hiding our hurt. He could do that. Yeah, he could do that. Sure, Mary would become divorced, probably forced into prostitution, but at least she'd be alive. He'd be free to live his life, and like stone placed on stone, he could rebuild his dreams. Either deal with it publicly or privately. Those were the options. He planned to divorce her quietly. You may know that for centuries, some Christians have made a really big deal out of the virgin birth and that at the same time, other persons, every bit as committed in faith, have really struggled to make sense out of it. Do you know what might just be harder to conceive? an old man changing his mind. Or any of us for that matter not giving into our fears and responding out of hurt. I just bet that if you got any of us to be really honest, me included, we could tell you of some hurt that we've been busy nurturing complete with our fantasies for how we're going to get back. Any day, any day that we decide not to respond out of hurt is a for real miracle, for sure. It's as if Joseph starts out being told that he can't have what was behind curtain one a nice little life with Mary. And now he can't have what was behind curtain number two, a quiet divorce. What he will have instead is a God-sized, God-given, God-driven dream. An angel, Scripture says, appeared to him in a dream, as with his ancestor and namesake, Joseph joseph of the many colored coat joseph the dreamer god has a dream for him might not god have a dream for us every day we wrestle with dilemmas every night angels would inhabit our dreams he whom a dream hath possessed, wrote the poet, knoweth no more of doubting, no more of roaming, no more of sadness. I'm not so sure. Doubting, roaming, sadness, they're still around. But the last stanza rings true. He whom a dream hath possessed treadeth impalpable marches. We are and can be those whom a dream hath possessed. What God-sized, God-given, God-driven dream would possess you? Do you know how to know it when it comes? Every day, people hold out hopes for their lives of how we think, it's going to go. How we'd like it to go. Maybe they're dreams for things. For cars, boats, houses, vacations. Maybe they're dreams for careers, for success and power. God dreams are different. Here's how to know it. Mary, the angel said, will bear a son And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. God dreams always, always manage to be for the sake of a story that's more than just about us. If you're the star of your dream, you can be pretty sure it's not God's dream if you're the star of your dream, you can be pretty sure it's not God's dream. God's dream always, always lead us to caring for others. What God-given, God-driven dream possesses you. Now, not to take anything from Mary, but what's conceived in Joseph, might be every bit as miraculous as what was happening with her. And having dreamed, the dream that came from God, Scripture says, Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. How many of us have dreams but never wake up and act wake up wake up wake up I've always wanted to say that in a sermon isn't it what Jesus said keep awake therefore for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming and to Peter so too to us all So. Could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray. Isn't it what Paul urged when he said, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And so then, let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and sober. Wake up, wake up. What we in the church know, or should know, is that wakefulness has long been basic to our faith. Unfortunately, here lately, living in an awakened life has become something of a useful club for those who want to voice white grievance politics, to win elections without deploying explicitly racist terms. What we in the church know or should know is that wakefulness is the language of our native tongue and that living an awakened life is very basic to the calling of believers who've been given a second chance. We are awake We have another chance, another chance at life and at love, another chance at making a difference, a chance at healing and forgiveness, a chance ultimately to be saved and not damned. We have a chance to wake up and act. You may know Alice Walker, author of A Color Purple. She's written quite a lot. Including a piece entitled, Taking the Arrow Out of the Heart. The world rising can put an end to anything. The murder of children, whales, elephants, oceans. Get up. Roll over on that part of you that will not welcome, recognize, encourage, or even see our rise. A compassionate role. We must be done with cruelty. Especially to ourselves. To start again beaming like the sun. Fresh. But a role that shows we've reached the end of polite moves to repair and recreate the earth. And will press hard on any parts of us even those we have loved, that insist on remaining oblivious and asleep. Wake up! Wake up! And act. It's what Joseph finally did in response to his God-given, God-driven dream. He woke up and stepped up to marry Mary, living a little lie for the sake of a greater goodness. Could he dare to make it right with a righteousness born of grace? Could he break free from the pain with a new plan? Because it's still early in her pregnancy. We may not yet see what Mary has in her, but we can see what Joseph has in him. He will do the right thing. He'll take responsibility for a life not rightly his. He will respond with grace. And while the calendar tells us it's not yet Christmas, whenever and wherever we see someone wake up, step up, and act in this way, it's certainly beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. The question, of course, will that person be you?